Is there like an NC, like a non-professional? Or there is. There's Inc. I INC or Corp. Those are regular domestic business corporations. PCs are for folks that are providing professional services, accountants, attorneys, um, architects. That yeah, sort of and, thing. and it's that special tax code that makes things more expensive. Actually, too. it's worse. It's worse. Right. What it what it does is it <laughs> makes the owners personally liable for each other's negligence. Fun, it, said nobody. To to a certain extent, but there you don't have any choice. If you're in one of those lines of work, you have to be governed by the PC statute. Okay, so there we have it. So, so do we? Does our industry count as a PC or not a PC since we give financial advice? You, you are not a PC. I was just curious. But we are fiduciaries, which is still a pretty significant. So they're like burden. parallel, but not the same thing. <laughs> it's just a different. It's just a different form of the same liability, I think. Yeah, they've got a. They've, there's a list in the statute of these professions and ones like it have to be under the PC statute. Yes, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. I always wondered what it was for, so thank you for explaining that. Yeah, not political correctness, right? <laughs> because as you, if any of you have listened to the show for any length of time, you know we'll mess that up. Uh, <laughs> and it won't even be on purpose. I think the movie they made about it a long time ago was pretty great. Like, it was PC University. That was pretty funny. It was indeed. a long time ago. It's worth dusting off and digging out of the archives because yeah, it's... it's because pretty awesome you know, humor <laughs> is under attack these days so. but i am here the reason i have hijacked your show today is, yes yes is so, why but don't worry you're about to just for our listeners you're about to witness something remarkable we're going to take something completely um outside the box of traditional investment thought and we're going to imply uh, apply an investment overlay to it what oh yeah because this, this idea, sounds like fun so can you, you got to give a little backstory right. about what happened so let me start let me start at the very beginning so because it's almost a year now to the uh, date it, what it, that's true uh so let's start with a year ago a little over a year ago i went to las vegas on my 50th birthday took many of my favorite people with me and the thing i wanted to do the thing i was most excited about was not the shows it was not the drinking. It was not the gambling. And this was before COVID shut the world down. I was going to say, yeah, True. you guys went like just a month before. Just before. Because it was like a before. month or two before. What I wanted to do was drive go-karts. I wanted to race these guys. Now, you can find those around here somewhere, can't you? Yes, but you're missing the point. Okay. The, the point it was is, just the fact that it was a guy's trip and you wanted to ride go-karts with guys. Motor Speedway. Yeah, ah, it was a lot of fun. And, okay. And then I came back to my life here you know, in regular Roseburg. And I'm working with my financial professional who says, Derek, and, and you can do the voice better than I can, Dave. But he says, Derek. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. He says, uh, what is it you want to do in retirement? And I had to stop and think. And about I think that. the way it was phrased was, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Something like that. But my answer in any event was, I would like to drive go-karts. I would really like to drive go-karts pretty much like every fun. day. Well, okay. and, the, and the, the best part was when his financial professional said, I think you're serious, aren't you? Yeah. And that true. was the response is, oh, not only that, I'm doing research. That's uh. right. <laughs> so, so then I decided, okay, if I want to drive go-karts, I also don't want to have to drive a million miles each way to do it. Right. Our nearest place that does that is in Medford. Oh, that's a long drive. It's too far. To play. It's too far. So Frequently. I've done it a couple times, but it's still too far. Yeah. So, well, and it's tough because then it requires, if, if you need to settle a score- then you have to 
get the whole driving yeah, entourage on the same calendar and you know commit to that. Yeah, the, the so, distance away is just too far. I agree with you on that one. And, and there's another backstory we have to give you, which is where uh, we're racing and I am in the lead, and somebody who's at the tail end <laughs> spins out, and so then the guy has to come out and help straighten out their car, and so he's waving his caution flag, and I, like a good little driver, slow down. And Dave zips by me. He's like, there's an opening. I don't care about the caution flag. You could tell this is the attorney's side of the story, <laughs> right? Well, I believe in any battle, there's always two sides, right? And somewhere in the I'm, middle I'd is the truth. I'd be interested to hear the defense, but yeah, oh. Not, oh, no, yeah, there, but there not is on the one. show. But not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, the best part of the story is there'd already been, it was the third race. So the first race, I think, was just an open race, which... I think I won the first one and then came in second to you on the next one. They were always close. Now so this it, was like the tiebreaker. This, this was, was the, the tiebreaker. and With it, a monkey wrench thrown it into it. It has to do with the terms of the caution, which works. We disagree on how those terms were explained. <laughs> Did you even ask the guy that works at the place? No, it was really not relevant. Yeah, because because frankly, the story is better <laughs> unresolved. Is. Yeah. But I, I, let me get. I'm going to go on record. And I'm going to say something right now, though. I will tell you guys that Derek was running faster lap times than me when we ran in the when we were racing amongst people. I did a pretty good job in the scrum, if you will. But just the pure lap times. Now, of course. I give up a lot of weight to you. <laughs> that didn't hurt, or that didn't help me. And I really appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and less now. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this because my New Year's resolution is still on track, and I've been chipping away. So we're going to get down to where that margin of error is narrower than it was. But uh, he was faster than me in a pure open lap situation, which implies – a couple of things. One, he was lighter, and I'm going to really go with that as the major variable. You do that, buddy. You do but that. But two is he may have been negotiating the corners and applying the appropriate power band of his vehicle more successfully. So driving than I faster, was. driving faster. I yeah. understand. I would say skillfully driving faster. Yes. Yeah. He was, yeah, he, oh, sure. If there's nothing on the road, he's real fast. <laughs> he put a few other cars out there and, you know. Wave a few caution flags. He yeah. Those right well, down. but he's an attorney. He tends to be cautious. Well, yes. anyway, we got, we got to get back to the those. best. So here's what happened. <laughs> this was fabulous. And we, we need to do it again. And we need to do it more often. And what we really need is a go-kart, uh, you know, a world-class. Track class here in Roseburg. Go-kart track right here. I'm not sure about Roseburg, but certainly Somewhere general close Ro enough, general but it's Roseburg easy. area that's yes. not Eugene or Medford. Greater Roseburg area. Okay. So, so then I did start doing some research, and the question was, what would it, what take, does to it take to open one? What does it take to open one? So, uh, first you figure you're going to need cars, and what I really want is electric cars, and I want fast charge electric cars so that you don't have to run them for an hour and then charge them for eight hours. It doesn't work, right? Okay. So uh, it turns out mostly that's the type of battery and charging system you select. Well, that could very well be. But my research, I found some cars that I like manufactured in Germany, and they cost about thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars each, Ooh. give or take. Yeah, which is like two, three times because what exchange it costs. Rates to get a, going against you right now. What it costs to get a regular uh, gas powered. I was gonna say I thought they were gas powered. I didn't realize there was electric. There ones. is electric, and I, I the reason I like that is I don't want the fumes and I don't want the noise. 
Okay. Well, and now, it actually is a little dream. more. It's my dream. Okay? It's it's more considerate for your neighbors, so there I get that. Yeah. Okay. So then. So, so we're so going to place this in the middle of residential Roseburg. And nobody's <laughs> even going to hear nobody's it. Nobody's going to care. They're going to love it. <laughs> Other than people cheering. Ha! <laughs> so, if you build it. <laughs> so then I thought, and probably you need some helmets. Because those were a big draw in uh, in Vegas. Vegas. And one of, our, one of my best friends who was there commented that that was really a thing he, he valued. And, of course, knowing my wife, it's also a good idea for me to wear a helmet. <laughs> and and also knowing that if you're going to put a bunch of people in fast moving machines, even signing waivers, helmets are probably a good it idea. Can't hurt, right? <laughs> and there's going to be waivers. You know, there are going to be waivers. At any rate, uh, so I've got those two things, and okay. then I have to find property. Right now, this is where we have to pause and say, you have to decide at this point: is this for fun, or is it going to make money? True. This Why is where the well. So this is where the investment overlay of the show is going to sneak in here because one of the things that I want to do today is quiz a little bit. Now, Derek, you and I have had the opportunity to talk about this a bit. You know, we've played with, but it's mostly been around the creative side of it, right? We've not gone through the, the number side numbers, of the business, the crunching, and and we've not looked at. So so this is one of the questions. You know, is is this an investment? Is this a business that is supposed to be profitable? Uh, how you know how does that all get squared? And so I think there's a number of things that we can really sort of peel the layers back on. And it doesn't. I don't think it gives up any trade secrets or things that we're worried about here. But these are things that it's almost a fun community conversation. I'm really curious how many of our listeners would say, "Hey, you know, do you have?" Either would you personally or do you have kids or grandkids that you think would be really into this? Because, in fact, um, I, I will even do this. I'm going to say um, what's a we should have like a fun email for this where people could. Should we do like no? Like, because then it's it's just going to get siphoned into yours, and then you're going to hate life because you won't check it. So just send it to info. Well, I, I could put a rule into that one. Just. Oh, well, goodness. So, so do this. I think it should. Do you, do you have a name for the business? Well, we've been talking about green light go karts. That's long. How about just go kart at Little John FS? You can do that. G O K A R T. Go kart. If you're interested in this, we want to know because there's a bunch of other stuff, and we'll put you on like the follow up list when it's time. But um, send us an email. You're not gonna. It's not gonna throw you on a bunch of mailing lists. It's just if something comes up, we'll keep you posted. But send an email to go karts. Go kart. G O K A R T. Okay, go kart at littlejohnfs.com. I have other questions for you in a comment, but are we let's doing do okay this. on time? Let's, let's, this is a perfect time. We're going to grab a break and then we'll come back on the flip side here. And there we got it. So, yep, the headphones are telling me that they're playing the music. So, good stuff. So, when we come right back, uh, we're talking gonna, about go karts yeah, as a business. Go karts and more. But we got to take a break first. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. We got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. <laughs> Welcome back to the True Wealth Show, the greatest Tuesday you've had all week. In studio today with me is Katie Shuck and Derek Simmons. It's and a Tunday, too, by the way. Tunday, that's true. Remember, listeners, Tundays when we uh, have the Monday is a market holiday. Don't open the stock market on Monday. That makes Tuesday a Tunday. Tunday, because 
there's always extra to do now. We got one less day in the week to get it done. So, and but still, greatest Tuesday you've had all week. And instead of that, we should talk about go karts. This is so there. You're back to the go kart thing. Uh, it's so, a little obsession. Yes. It's, yes. <laughs> go karts are fun though. I love riding them and driving them, or well, however they, you. They were a riot. So here's what I've got to ask you. So you you've come up with this idea, and our listeners are like, "How is this relevant to the True Well Show?" Okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to start asking you some trick questions, and I'm curious. Uh, just why this is supposed to be a retirement thing to do? Yes. Okay, so then retirement has its own unique definition now. I'm really curious how you're defining retirement because this sounds like more work. Well, I'm I'm really defining it as what to do with my spare time. So he's no longer an attorney or maybe attorney part-time. Or maybe I am an attorney and it's my lunch break. I don't care. (laughs) I really don't. Yeah, And it's not uncommon for entrepreneurs, and you are an entrepreneur, you have your own firm, to start owning and running other businesses. And so, I mean, it's not uncommon. And I'll tell you, I am delighted to share everything I've thought of on this particular topic, because if somebody else would build it, I would totally go be a customer. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to. This isn't like it has to be your baby. I'm not going to rely on this to be my, uh, my retirement. What if they use gas go-karts? I'd probably go. It just wouldn't be the perfect vision. It'd still be lovely. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) So you were talking about retirement. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I like to bring this up first. Why is this a relevant question? Okay. And it's because retirement is not a well-defined term. No. Right. I mean, retirement's quite personal. And this is the part that I try to point out to folks is folks will come in to see me and they will say, well, I, you know, I'm going to retire. And then I go, okay. And then they talk about how they're going to still be going to their job. And I go, how again is this retirement if you're going to your job? And retirement for their definition was, well, I'm going to start taking Social Security. That's what they meant. And so that was that's a that's a definition to that particular person. To me, retirement has a more specific definition because it's what it looks like. What you do in retirement and how it functions is really flexible. But my what I say retirement is, is when your passive income exceeds your expenses. So you you no longer work because you have to. You my work mentor, because you want to. My mentor used to say that's clock out time. Yes. Because you don't care. That's it. And and so the other one, and this is the polite way to say it, is when you have pound sand money, when you can tell your boss, I don't want to work here anymore, you pound sand. Right? And you maybe something else you're saying, but this is I a, like it when you say <laughs> it's, a, it's a play check versus a paycheck, right? Like you go to work because you want to, not because you well, have to. And, and I still, but I still word. like the play check because it's, there's, there are people in careers who enjoy what they do, but maybe don't want to do it five days a week. But see, the play check isn't retirement to me. And this is why the, the retirement is the ability to stop working if you want to. When you work because you want to, you get to collect a play check. When you work because you have to, you're not retired. Right. So that's where the definitional difference is. Again, play check's a really fun term. We use it a lot in the office. I want every one of you listening to this program to be in a position where you work because you want to, not because you have to. And that doesn't mean you're okay working because you love what you're doing, but you still have to work. Yeah. Right? That just means that 
you are in a position where, well, at least if you have to keep working, it doesn't suck. <laughs> exactly. So that and that's where that's where I am is I really enjoy my job. I have a great job. It's a lot of fun. I meet fun people and help them solve problems before they present themselves. It's great. Well, and you don't really go to court, so you don't have really the, that stress of that, I, do you? I have no interest in going to court. That does not sound like fun. Okay. So it's so you kind of have the sweet spot in your career. You're like, I get well, to do for fun him, things. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. trial it's law. certainly mine. There are people who are adrenaline junkies who love going to court. I am not them. Okay. And that's fair. But the what world I was takes all kinds say of was attorneys. That the, what I needed to do was find what I was going to do with my time. If I were to actually just hang up my shingle and quit practicing law, I would have an awful lot of energy that would not go anywhere. And that was a real question that I'm delighted to be able to to think about. There are people who will never, who, who haven't saved, who haven't uh, invested, who haven't conserved assets well enough that they're ever going to be able to ask that question. What would I do with my time if I retired and just decide to work? Because if I decided to do that, that'd be okay. It would be a choice. Right. Because again, Working because you want to, exactly, not because you have to, and that's what this go kart thing really is. So, well, I have a question because you said, "What am I going to do in retirement?" So, my first question is, how far out do you see that as a timeline? Well, it's it's pretty movable at this point. I have uh, seven, eight more years on my student loans. Youngest child will be starting college in about eight years. Okay, so somewhere between eight and fifteen years. I mean, I'm just curious. So then, I mean, if you're thinking about a concept, that's why I was like, well, if you're thinking about go-karts, are you going to wait between 8 and 15 no. years to make this happen? No, I'm not. I would like to make that happen sooner. But so it, then this isn't really about retirement necessarily well, as... It was the genesis at the very least. Yes. I think that this is... If, if I can jump in here, right? We'll let I, you talk every once in a while. It's your show. <laughs> right on. Is <laughs> it, I think this is just a really fun idea. And it's one of those where... If you so entrepreneurs, if, if you're in the, the enviable position of being able to do this, what if you could start a business that was fun and you didn't have to rely on it for your livelihood? Right. Well, it and it's a great juxtaposition to what you do now. Right. right? It it's doesn't not... cost you money. Right. So, And that's the that would be the magic is if you properly design this business. It should be able to pay all of its employees. It should cover all of its expenses. It should cover all of its overhead. You know, and that's right. where we paused right before our break was, yes. is it going to be a business or is it going to be just a, a fun thing? Right. Because there's an actual definition here between a business and a hobby business. Right. Well, and are, so are you defining hobby businesses not holding water? I'm trying to I'm trying to see a how you guys are. It's a quality of life expenditure is a term that Dave taught me many years ago. It, it looks a lot like you're just wasting money, but actually you're spending money on something that you think is fun enough that it, it it's worth spending the, the money on. Yeah. But it doesn't make money. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Or now, doesn't make enough to support the so thing. So hobby business is tricky, right? Because you can't start a business exclusively for purposes of losing money because it creates a tax write-off event to offset other income. Right. And let's put permanently, the, taxes, put right? the taxes you know? aside for a moment, though. Yeah. What I'm thinking is I could just buy some go-karts and pave a, a place and then just drive myself, right? I'd probably want a fence because I wouldn't want other people messing up my stuff. But then I'm like three quarters of the way to a business. Right, because right? you have all the supplies and you have the track. So, so then why the question not? Is, do, I, do I try to market it? Do I try to bring other people in and let it pay for itself? And the answer is most likely yes, 
and then it becomes a business yes. and all sorts of other things become more right. important. Right. And and it's because there are some really cool things that you could do and this is where the creativity side of the entrepreneur part is fun, right? And this is not supposed to be the creativity go-kart planning session on air. What? Today. You promised. I did not promise that. <laughs> <laughs> I was very careful not to promise that. But but some of that's going to come out. That's the good news is because as we're talking about it, you know, you may be sitting here listening and saying, you know, I have an idea for a business, but I've often thought that it didn't make sense or it didn't this or it didn't that. You you want to put yourself in the position where understand what the business is supposed to be for, right? So Simmons Law is not a hobby. No. Right? Now, you love what you do, and that's fantastic. The same way I love what I do. I love helping people to make good investment decisions, good financial moves, and to put themselves in a better position so that they can potentially open go-kart go, businesses. Go-karting go, go <laughs> yes. or something. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the sweet spot for me is, hey, talk to me about your dreams and hopes. And the idea that there's a lot of people out there that are they're just kind of an Eeyore or a buzzkill about this. Like, no, nah, the deck stacked against you. You just can't do it. And it's impossible. I disagree. I think the American dream is not only alive and well, but I think it's fantastic. There's still tremendous opportunity out there, but it does require creativity, right? And that's the thing is, you know, just are you willing to kind of hustle and do the stuff and, you know, make the good decisions to put yourself in it? And it also requires some business acumen. I mean, if you're going to truly open a business, you need to understand a few things about running a business. Yeah, and it probably involves enough patience to recognize if you're not independently wealthy, then you have to build some wealth first to put yourself in a position to be able to do these things. Right. But here's something I will point out, and this will drive a lot of folks crazy. If you look at the Forbes 400 or whatever, look at the number of billionaires on the list that are first-generation billionaires. They didn't oh, it's, it's a high number, they isn't it? They didn't inherit the money, right? More than half of those people never inherited their billions. They actually conjured them up in this economy, which tells me something. It is possible, maybe not probable, to get to billions. But I will tell you that- Well, it's the pro athlete thing. Well, that's, and that even the pro, even most pro athletes don't become billionaires. No, 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 I just meant like, it, it takes a unique skill set and everything to be a pro athlete, just like it takes a unique skill set to become a billionaire. Well, it takes so many things that are intangible, right? Billionaire is a cocktail of Right skill set, right place, right time, right network, right access, right product. It's literally like a lightning strike event. But I think we should have a special night at the track where only billionaires come and race. I <laughs> yes. think that would be fun. I think that's a great idea. Awesome. Uh, sponsored, of course, by, by themselves. Simmons Law. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, but the, the point, though, is not that we should all be striving to become billionaires, but I will tell you that. It is not as hard to become a millionaire as you think. True. A million dollars today isn't what a million dollars was 20 years ago. True. When I started in this industry back around, you know, if you had, you were a millionaire, you know, back in the 90s, that was when the books like The Millionaire Next Door came out. And that was serious coin for the 90s. Inflation has really moved that bar a lot. You're probably looking at two and a half, three million dollars to be in the same position you were back in the late 90s. 
as well, far as how much how many dollars it takes. But so getting a million dollars, like I will tell you that every one of my listeners, if you're gonna retire more than 20, 25 years from now, if you're listening and your retirement's more than 25 years out, or your lifespan's more than 25 years, frankly, I think the probability of you becoming a millionaire should be really, really high with some basic financial moves. Right. Right? They're not exotic here. So I think it's possible. Enough of the millionaire talk. We've got to talk about go-karts. We must. Okay? So I want to know, first of all, where are you going to put this thing? Well, that's... A- I'm not going to let you answer. you got to wait for the break first. But, but- yes, okay. you got to take a break, and then you're going to tell me where we're going to put this thing. Stick all around. Right. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shack And Derek Simmons. And we're talking about go-karts and other stuff, all things True Wealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show, ladies and gentlemen. Greatest Tuesday you've had all week, and we're excited that you're tuning in. I got in studio with me today is Katie Shuck and Derek Simmons. We're, we're talking, talking go karts. Go karts. And remember, if you're trying to get caught up, check out the podcast. It'll be available tomorrow at littlejohnfs.com. Derek, if you're going to plunk go karts down, first of all, I appreciate that you're going green. Yes. Right? I yeah, mean, the so electric thing. The electric thing. And one of my is, first thoughts was, I know that there's energy saving and like electric grants and things out there for like charging stations and different things. Like, Do any of those apply? I think we come back to that later. It's not relevant at the moment, but it would be. But it was a thought I had because they're out there. Question. Pacific Power's off. I want to know, where are you going to try to plunk this thing down? Well, once we've decided it's going to be a business. Right. And that's because, and our definition of business is that it's... Sh- in this case, is it, it pays shouldn't for cost itself. you money to do. Right. Well, it, it does in the beginning, it but needs it, to, it needs well, to pay for itself. That's the startup capital, but I, it should be able to carry its own water. I am not worried about profit on this at this particular point. It'd be cool to see profit. Yeah. But I am not worried about it at this point. What I want to make sure is that it continues itself. It perpetuates itself. Okay. okay. All right. So it's a business. We've decided that. Real we'll business. talk about what entity later. But the important part... Do you part, know any attorneys that could help with that? I do know one fairly okay. well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. We'll call I, him. I have breakfast with him every morning. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> At any rate, um, so then we have to figure out uh, where do we want to put it. That is uh, an expense question, right? Because if I want to draw in, if I want to draw in as many people as possible, the tendency is to want to put it on I-5. Now, why? Yeah. Why on I-5? Because everybody that drives past it does not need to f- see advertising. It's they, they just know it's there, right? Itself. It's like, oh, they look. It. And everybody drives on I-5. That's true. Right. So this is the, you know, there's three things about real estate that you need to really be aware of when looking for an appropriate place to put a business. Um, Location, location, yeah. location. Yes, there's the location. <laughs> there's also where is it and also where... Access point. Yeah, Access yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because if you have so, it off, the, if you it's have all it off, location, yes. But if you have it all off the freeway and it's not easily accessible from an off ramp, then it makes it more complicated. Because then you're still having to advertise how to get there. Well, I'm not as worried about that. Okay, really, it's about the eyeballs. It's about the eyeballs. So if I put the um, the go karts somewhere off the freeway in the Greater really Roseburg to, area, well, I do have to direct people there. So let me tell you about the Greater Roseburg area. I, in my research, which I actually did do, the Family Fund Center Alliance or whoever they are, 
recommends that you not put a family fun center in a place that doesn't have 125,000 people within 20 minutes. Oh, interesting. Heads up, we do not qualify, right? However, I mean, that is true. I mean, that's true. But there's this is a big caveat because I-5 has an unusual amount of bandwidth traveling it. So that's my question is, I mean, how do they treat that as a motivating factor? Well, I'm not sure that they do. And this is going to be the quick and dirty answer for everything. Remember, Roseburg has a, a history of this. I've only heard anecdotally. But remember, when they built Applebee's, Applebee's did not want to build here because it wasn't big enough. And they said it's not going to succeed. And so they put in the smallest possible Applebee's they could. And then Roseburg overwhelmed it. Just absolutely. Uh, Red shot, Robin was the same set, way. Set records. Yeah. And then they really wished it had been a bigger one to start with. So it's not that there aren't people out there who will support this sort of thing. But conventional wisdom says you want a population this size to support an endeavor like this and make money at it. Yeah. I've heard this before, too. And I think where folks maybe skew the data here is that it tends to be a little bit biased toward urban centers and first of all rural communities are used to more of a commute when it comes to accessing this kind of stuff and i think the service community is pretty large because in theory you could pull from as far north as eugene or as far south as grants pass and still have people potentially come in this direction that really expands the service community well and think speaking of eugene Eugene will be a much better place to have this for a pure money-making enterprise. But then but it's then further it's away from you. To go race go karts. Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't meet my dream goal. I'm just saying that if you were just making money, Eugene might be a better spot for it. Well, but here's something else to consider too. Sometimes something in and of itself is an attraction if it's cool enough. Right. True. So if it was a really cool go-kart track, there is nothing like that. And I'm thinking about, you know, Bandon Dunes or something like that. I mean, this is a world-class golf course in a relatively tiny community, and it's hard to get to. There's no real good airport access or anything, and yet they People book that anywhere. place out and they spend a fortune to go play golf. Well, there. and I was actually thinking of the dunes themselves. Like, there's a lot of people that travel from all over for off-roading in the actual dunes themselves. Yeah, but we didn't build those. I know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, but point being is if people really want it, They'll go seek it. Yeah, it's possible. It absolutely is. And that's one of the reasons I think that I have not let this go. Well, and if you go to major urban centers, right, when you're talking 120,000 or more, there are more options for entertainment, right? So they're, they're looking at the numbers, but then you also have, you're splitting your time with more people. So I've always thought that ideally what I would do is have like six acres and some portion of that's going to be parking. And then I would have the go-kart track. And then I would have space to sublease to other people who could run things like batting cages, mini golf. arcade, mini golf, that sort of stuff. Stuff that is not my passion, but that would play well with those. See, this falls into the I, I have the dream speech, right, of having gone to one of these where uh, I swear Roseburg needs a like a food court, like a food truck mall, okay, where – a bunch of people just lease the space with their food trucks. They don't have any of the restaurant overhead, but there's a common area for everybody to kind of sit in once COVID's not the thing anymore. And uh, I've seen these before. I went to one in Albany, and there was about 15, 20 different food trucks. It was fantastic because you could choose any kind of food you wanted. Nobody got left out. And then everybody piled in there, and you know they had common tables, and, and it, was, it was fantastic. Well, it's like the mall food court. 
Well, it I is mean, like I mean, that. in it's concept, just, but it's all food trucks. But you know, I could see this being a an environment where it'd be really easy to attract a bunch of folks because you, you need the traffic, right? In order for this to work, it's you need enough people that want to go racing, and it needs to be enough of a magnet that there's other things that bring groups of people there. Because I don't know how many races you race before you're like, well, I'm done racing, and now what? But right. you know, then then it's like, well, then then you go get pizza or something. <laughs> you know, like that's I think the, probably a hundred, two hundred races. I'd be ready to go get some pizza. Oh yes. goodness, that's a lot of racing. But the, I may be the outlier on that one. Yes. Okay, so we were talking about real estate, and we, you were saying I five, and I was saying, why not out by the bowling alley? Well, and property would probably be cheaper out by the bowling alley, but it doesn't get as much drive by traffic. So then you move some of your expenses from buying or renting real estate into advertising. Right. And that was kind of my question. Like, well, how much How much is the difference, right? Well, because advertising, the radio station will tell us, makes the world go around. Right. And yet it's also, uh, it can be more difficult to measure uh, the effectiveness of a given advertising campaign for a given thing yeah. and the other as is, compared to the opportunity costs that you give up by doing that. Yeah. I mean, and then how many people make it to... Uh, Applebee's, but not to Red Robin off the freeway that aren't local because they, they can see, it. see it and that's the first stop and it's a known, right? So if you're, you know, if you're driving from San Francisco to Seattle and the kids are climbing the drapes and it's like, you know what, let's make a stop because you see that you could get some serendipity traffic if the location makes it really accessible. But if it's like, sure, drive 10 minutes off the freeway, people just go, yeah, too hard drive two minutes off the freeway and people say oh, okay true so it's interesting i think about you know up in the mcminnville area and just south of where they have there's a go-kart place up there and it's by the fries electronics which is you know where you can get super cheap junk electronics so i've never <laughs> been there before but i hear it's great um i'll go all the time whenever i can <laughs> so anyhow that is one of those considerations as well so I get the idea because it is its own advertising when you can physically see it. Well, and let's be honest, if you've ever ridden a go-kart, it's not like you have to ride a specific kind or brand or anything. It's like, oh, I've been on a go-kart before. I think right. it's awesome. Let's go ride go-karts. Like, So I guess the, long, uh, the short answer is I'm not committed to any particular spot, but my the business side of my brain goes, it might make sense to be on or near I-5. Because otherwise we have advertising costs to factor in. True. So visibility from I-5. Yeah. yeah. Plus, this is not a native. Like, like in Las Vegas, there's already a massive draw of people. And it's a thing that people look. It's an experience they that people seek are it looking out. for. Yeah. So this would almost be more like the potential to create a club or something like that around it. Uh, so I have a couple of questions for you about the business model. But I'm not going to answer them right now. No, we're going to take a break. We'll do that. And then when we come back... I want to quiz you on the business model of go-karts. Like, how do you know it can make money? That and more, but we got to take these obscene profit break first. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. You listen to The True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show, otherwise known today as the Is It a Good Idea to Start a Business with Go-Karts show? Answer yes. Okay, so <laughs> now that we've answered that, can this thing be profitable? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there are many ways that it, it could earn revenue. So then the question is, is that going to be enough to keep it sustaining? But there are so many costs that go into that. Um, at the very beginning, you've got all your, your the things you're going to buy. But let's assume that's a capital contribution we're not going to worry about. But sustaining, you've got labor costs. You may have advertising. You've, you're going to have substantial electricity costs. You've got maintenance. You've got rent if you don't buy. You've got mortgage if you do buy. Uh, so yeah. you don't know, I don't know off the top of my head. So these are really important questions, by the way, that entrepreneurs should be asking. Now, I will tell you that you could get lost in the weeds of this thing in a hurry. I have a very silly but effective theory on business planning, and it is this. It should be explainable on the back of a napkin. Okay, And we talk about finances like this a lot, the idea of a napkin plan. It doesn't mean that you literally should write it on a napkin, but you could because many of the best ideas started exactly that way around a, you know, a lunch or something and somebody gets out of the cocktail napkin and kind of draw, scribbles out some basic ideas. And then the layers in that go into it will become more complex, but you should be able to explain the idea that simply. So, so short answer is I think it can make money. The challenge is the critical mass. So if you build it near other things that are drawing people where they will be pulled off of that and come over here and then off of here and go there, that helps. If mm -hmm. you build it on I-5, that helps. If you build it near the bowling alley, that'll help. Uh, but you have to have a critical mass. Once you get enough people coming here, then other things will locate near you because right. you've pulled in the critical mass. I, I use the term magnet. I've actually said this. So this is one of these where for our... You know, the, the folks that are interested in economic development in Roseburg, if, if folks have wondered why I have an interest in Umca uh, Community College, for example, okay, I think that it is part of having a workforce is part, or part of something mission critical for our local economy. We've talked about uh, the wine industry and we've talked about tourism as part of how we're trying to bring outside dollars in, but I continue to look for magnet type businesses or events that draw people in. If you think about the Ben Redmond area, one of the big magnets was Mount Bachelor for years, right? So big skiing community. Now they've, they've developed a bunch of other stuff too. There's great shopping and other things because as they gathered around, critical massacre. Think about uh, Ashland and the Shakespeare Festival, right? And that was a you know big cultural center around Ashland. So what's Roseburg want to be? Now, it doesn't have to be go-kart central, but yes, go-karts can be part of it. Okay, maybe fine. it should. Maybe it has to be go. Well, but here's the interesting thing. I think that go karts are a remarkably delightful mix with the wine industry. <laughs> drink, drink and drive. Drink not at them. all. Not know? at all. What okay. happens? Okay, I'm waiting for this explanation. When, when parents want to go somewhere and taste wine, where do the kids go? Yeah, that makes it hard. Right? Where do the kids get to go? So you need something for them, too, because the kids aren't going to go wine tasting. And wine tasting isn't just for retired empty nesters. Right? I mean, no, not if we true. do it right. So Well, and especially if it's a family vacation, right? It's like, okay, correct. mom and dad hit up a couple of vineyards, grab a couple of bottles of wine, and guess what? We're taking the whole family out for pizza and go-karts tonight, and that's what we do to celebrate. And mom and dad will sit and watch the kids go kart. This is the idea between bowling and go karts and other stuff that is available. Then you have this network of, you know, I actually thought that was a pretty good idea. It didn't materialize, but there's a guy that wanted to build the water park and that, you know, was a pipe dream. But ha, funny pun. But that whole idea of a magnet attraction for our area would be awesome. 
It right. would be great fun. Well, and like I've even thought even like the trampoline parks, like why doesn't Roseburg have one? The closest ones, yeah. again, are an hour to an hour and a half away. And trampoline it, park would be another good yeah, thing to put nearby. And these are all things that I I think some of this is also as a parent, right? You, you look at Roseburg has a unique opportunity. I think you're not crazy about this if we consider the fact that from a real estate perspective, it's still relatively affordable for people to live. Uh, the the issue is we attract a lot more retirees and young families. And so what do you do to try to change that balance? You need more employment opportunities and you need more cultural opportunities for folks to stick around. You need more entertainment. I'm also okay with senior citizens just driving the hell out of these things. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to Well, they drive the motor scooters some, anyway, right? It just has a little more power to I it. I will say that there are some senior citizens that I would say they probably give you a run. I believe right? it. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm not discounting anybody based on age. I've seen some go getters out there. So, the, but the larger point is, I still think the idea uh, not only has merit, but I think that it could it could have it could be viable if done properly. So let's talk about for a minute. Let's slip past the business model. Yeah. Once I decide, you know what, I'm going to do it, and we're going to do it, um, however it works, uh, and we select a place. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to form a company that's going to run the business. Okay. I might be inclined to ask people, hey, do you want to invest in this? But I'm only going to deal with accredited investors because it saves me a whole bunch of dealing Ooh, with. I know what that means. Yes. Right. So the accredited investor, by the way, doesn't have anything to do with your knowledge. <laughs> no, it has to do with it's your checkbook. Yeah. yeah. Accredited investors, are, for, for whatever reason, we assume that uh, an accredited investor is a sophisticated investor. Not, Not necessarily. Not right? But it does mean that you have sufficient assets that uh, you're, you kind of understand the risk that you're getting into. So or it's that a, the government doesn't worry whether right. you and I understand the risk. I think that the current level is... I thought it was like a million in cash or like two and a half. a million and a half of net worth exclusive of your home or joint income of 300000 single income of 200000 I think is the number. Somewhere in that neighborhood, no doubt. But the idea is I don't want to limit us to just those people. Those are the people who can buy in. And the reason I would want to do it that way is it saves a bunch of regulation. I don't yes. want to deal with any more regulation than I have to. Right. All right, but... Turns it into a security if you're not But folks here. that are not in that boat, I would think, might be interested in something like the deal where they uh, sponsor a night or they sponsor a car, they get a... They can drive free for a year, two years, or something like that. That might be something fun. People who can buy a billboard to go at the outside. Right, uh, something on the track. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a Kickstarter deal without paying 5% to Kickstarter. Oh, neat. Yeah. I probably shouldn't sense. say it that way. But anyway, <laughs> the idea is no, that... No, it's, it's actually allowed. <laughs> yeah, we're not sponsored by Kickstarter. It's the okay. idea is that you um, you give them a premium for whatever it is they're putting into the... Knowing that they're not going to get the money back, right. but they will be able to use the service. Now, this is where I'm going to say real quickly here. First of all, uh, we did offer, if you have an interest in just learning more, I was not trying to collect investors for Derek. Uh, we did give out the email of gokart at littlejohnfs.com if right. you thought you'd be interested in racing. Uh, I will say that we are not offering investment advice, nor is this a solicitation. Uh, if you want somebody to contact you and you want to reach out, uh, we'll let you through that. But let's be very, very clear from a regulatory perspective, this is not an offer. Okay, Just so everybody knows, this is just us talking about conceptually. You, you know, So Derek... You got a business idea. It's going to be a viable business, not a hobby business. There's going to be an entity. You're now talking about ways that you might fund it, and you're saying you may bring 
essentially partners or shareholders into this organization that could chip capital in and they could co-own this and then you know you're off to the races both literally and figuratively right so i think the concept is really a fun one uh, the takeaways for today for me are just first of all know what you're walking into right and, you know i think a lot of entrepreneurs will think hey you know what if i build it they will come and you i can at least bless this for you've made uh, no allusions to the fact it may not even be profitable. It may not. Right. But the idea is fun enough and intriguing enough to chase it. And so that part is great. But for for all of you that are thinking about starting a business, vet this seriously. We didn't even get into things like entity selection. We're not talking about uh, significantly about crowdfunding or anything like that. But these are all elements that you should consider. But, you know, this is the process of if you've got the million dollar idea, then First, commit it to conceptually what the plan should be, and, and see do where your it goes research. From there, yeah, right. So, if you are if you have a million dollar idea and you um, need to find your million dollar idea attorney, how do they reach you, Derek? My number is six seven 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 one eight five. So five four one six seven 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 one eight five. All right, and Katie, how do they reach us? Five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight or go kart at littlejohnfs.com. Well, for the go-kart stuff, yes. if you've got other financial questions or you want to figure out how you can personally switch from collecting a paycheck to collecting a playcheck, give us a call. It's littlejohnfs.com or 541-375-0898. We're out of time, though, guys. That's the music. So uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brooks Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.